brow. <laughs> Welcome to the Garbage Fire Podcast, aka MFKS Radio on the airwaves dial at 487.52. Your pod is hosted by Kelsey and Megan, who are elated that PK Subban is a New Jersey devil. The Garbage Fire Podcast is all about being unironically passionate to the point that you would dive into the dumpster for the things that you love. Yeah! professionalism <laughs> is our slogan <laughs> that just sounds like the Pontiac Bandit and Jake song from whatever episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine oh yeah true <laughs> that's what we should write our own version of that <laughs> well we're due for another tune uh, are we though <laughs> are we Oh, for sure. Yeah. Again, Amanda brought this up months ago yeah. that, you know, the devil's lack of success coincides with us not writing a song for this year. It's true. This past year. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. We won't. <laughs> Megan it's, hates it. It's never going to happen. <laughs> I'm just saying maybe we'll see so we stop talking about it and move on to something less unpleasant. And I'm <laughs> Okay, well, you're you're running the show here, so that's Jesus my take that the wheel for everything. It's like, oh yeah, sure, we'll <laughs> see about that. <laughs> and then nine months later, oh, we didn't see about that, did we? Oh, shucks, we're out of time. No, because like you would actively act against it, and I would just immediately forget. <laughs> it's true. It's true. So I don't have to worry. It's good. Uh, we know where the balance of power lies in this partnership. <laughs> that's true. And it's me steadfastly avoiding things and you just literally forgetting. Yeah, just like floating through life like a little leaf in a water-filled gutter. But like I definitely take advantage of that because I purposely avoid things so that you don't remember them. Oh, really? Yeah, that's the, again, that's a coping mechanism that I have. Oh my god. Yeah. Well, look at us thriving <laughs> with these codependent personalities that we have. <laughs> It'd be really good if we didn't talk anything about P.K. Subban now that we titled our, did our, our opener that way. Oh, but that's the thing. If no one talks about P.K. Subban, he literally dissolves. It's true. So I would just like to say, because I said this yesterday on Twitter, uh, which some of you, like three of you probably saw... Um, because I think the the Venn diagram of people who follow me on Twitter and listen to our podcast is actually mostly just two circles. Um, and <laughs> I was going to say that's fine, <laughs> <laughs> but I said something about how Ray Shiro uh, acquired Taylor Hall and PK Subban for one NHL player, two pro- like two AHL guys, and two picks, mm-hmm. and that is unbelievable. Absolutely, is unbelievable. Like, he's just a he's just a great businessman. Like Ray Shiro should be the GM of all of the teams, apparently. Mm-hmm. Well, no, because then we couldn't get these steals of deals we um, keep getting. But like, holy shit! Yeah, so surprising. Was shocked. Thought you were fucking with me. And I had then Amanda a- also sent me something all caps, and I was like, "You guys, I'm in a basement. What is happening?" <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Like, I had no idea that PK was on the block. And then I saw this thing. It was, like, Pierre Lebrun had tweeted out saying, like, you know, heard that PK's on, on the move or whatever. And I was like, haha, joking. I sent to Alex and Avery. I was like, haha, maybe he got traded to the Devils. And then, like, a minute later, it was like, PK to the Devils. And I was like, what? 
<laughs> You're like, even I didn't believe it when I said it. No, I was just, like, dicking around. God. Yeah. Unbelievable. Gave up, like, literally nothing. Yeah, like, Steve Santini, bye. Uh, bye bye I, I mean, Jeremy Davis is a good prospect, sure, and somebody pointed that out in my mentions, which I promptly muted them. I was like, you know what, I don't need your logic right now. I just need to But a good it. a good prospect yeah. does not equate to PK Subban. No. I'm sorry. No, and like so his cap hit is nine million dollars, which is a lot of money. Um but the double Oh my god, I just choked on my Coke Zero. <laughs> That's how much his cap hit is? Yeah, so so it's a lot Holy of money. Shit. Uh and the Preds, I think from what I understand, they want to take a run at Matt Duchesne. And so and couldn't do it with PK on their on their roster, and so I think part of the deal... Oh, you know what? That makes sense for Nashville, though. Yeah, and, and they've got a pretty solid defensive core. They don't really need to have, like, it's not like it's not like you're taking Oscar Clefbaum off of the other's roster and hoping for the best. Like, mm-hmm. they have good defensemen, and I think that, um... I think, I think it makes sense for a lot, and I think something that I read yesterday, too, is that basically the, the condition that the Predators put on it was that the team who took PK would have to eat all of the cap hit instead of yeah, retaining for sure. them retaining. And the Devils were one of, like, three teams who can afford to do that. Yeah. Like, if there's anyone who pinches pennies, it's frickin' New Jersey. Mm-hmm. But, but um, then they can do things like this. It's yeah. fucking wild. Yeah, and I'm, it was great. And it was just, when I saw the return, I was just like, what? Yeah, just like... Wow. PK's video was so funny. (laughs) And I think I texted you because I was also like, yeah, it's fucking impossible to find New Jersey Devil shit unless you live like across from Prudential Center, PK. We all live it. Thank you for telling us. (laughs) But love his enthusiasm, as always. Um, I think his personality fits perfectly with New Jersey. Just in terms of, like, the fan base and the people who appreciate hockey. Because they're so... Yeah. So passionate, so vocal, so loud. And... Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting what it does in the dressing room. I don't know if Andy Green is going to be the biggest fan of PK. Um, but we'll we'll see what happens. I'm sure Taylor's very psyched. I think so. On, on Twitter... He was like, because he he tweets very rarely, mm-hmm. so like following him is not, is not hard work, because all of a sudden it's like, oh, there you go, um, yeah. I'm sure he was like, welcome to the team, Jack, or something like that for the. Actually, no, pick. nothing yet. No? no, the last thing he, uh, the last thing he said, he probably got shit for because he was talking about how much better the NBA was than the NHL. <laughs> really. Yeah. That's super funny. Yeah, he says. Yeah, he said at the end of May, he's like, following and being more closely with this Raptors owners really opened my eyes to how great a league it is. There's a real sense of bravado and showmanship that you don't see in other sports. The stars are on display every night, and it's impressive. Oh my God, Megan, we are all brain twins. How often do we say that? I know. Taylor, Taylor Hall needs to get on this show. Avery, make it happen. Avery, you don't listen. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. We Avery were... was like the third person I talked to because I was like, 
Avery, you're more clued in than anyone. What's your take on this deal? And he says, I love the deal. Shiro absolutely robbed the Preds. And that was the end of our conversation. Yeah, oh, but it's true. He 100% <laughs> robbed them. Like, there's no, there's no question in my mind. Like, what do you think? Does Ray Shiro, like, neg people? What do you think his tactic is? I think, you know, honestly, just every time I hear him talk, I, I, I feel like he's just very, he's very pragmatic and very um, upfront mm-hmm. about stuff. Um, and I think that the reason that he's able to make the deals that he does sometimes is because he's just like, yeah, this is what I want. And he doesn't really give anybody a real reason to, like, say no. Mm-hmm. Right? And in this case, Nashville wanted to get that contract off their books. And he's like, yeah, I'll take it. Here's what you're going to get back for it. Right. So he's very he's very tuned in. I think so. He, he knows what other teams want and are looking for. Well, and he said something last week or the week before about offer sheets. And he's like, yeah, this whole, like, gentleman's code is bullshit. He's like, if you want to offer sheet someone, offer sheet someone. Yeah. Um, and I was like, well, God damn it, Ray, where were you last year? You could have yeah, offered totally. Leon Dreisaitl and just ruined everything. Oh, man. Can you imagine? Well, you wouldn't be alive because your no. city would just be a crater smoking. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know that smoking crater. Downtown's pretty far from my house. I think I'd be okay down here. Um, That's true. Not as work- far as downtown is from my house. <laughs> no? Perspective-wise, Calgary, your city don't make sense. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, Shira said that thing about the offer sheet. She's like, no, I don't believe that there's, there's no code. He's like, if you want to offer sheet someone, offer sheet someone. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, we're not, he's like, and he, he alluded to the fact that like, you know, GMs, they get along and they're friends and whatever, but like business is business and you don't, you don't do, you don't make decisions based on whether or not you're going to hurt your friend's feelings. For sure. That's why I think I don't like the NHL so much because especially the management and ownership is just a fucking circle jerk. Like, everyone's just so in love with how they're in the NHL and Mm -hmm. the prestige that comes with it that everyone will just, like, be friends and it's the fucking worst. Well, and, like, um, the whole thing with, like, Peter Chiarelli apparently is it, there's rumors that the Vancouver Canucks are interested in hiring him and I'm like okay there's no pun- there's no penalty for being shitty no not at all well, we've means. known that for ages all but, the coaches do is just fucking jump from you know John to John essentially yeah pretty much. that actually might do- be too harsh to sex workers I'm very sorry I respect you <laughs> Um, but yeah, so it's, um, yeah, so that's the thing that's happening. So PK Subban's going to be a New Jersey Devil, or is a New Jersey Devil, I guess. And, Mm -hmm. uh, it's great. And all is well with the world. Can't wait. Instagram is just going to be popping off. Yes. Oh, now I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to have to follow. I mean, I do follow PK, but I don't have to actually pay attention. For sure. It's going to be a great season oh my god can't wait can't wait instead of him just pranking Lindsay vaughn which is always great when he does 100 percent. she's just like so (laughs) sometimes i'm just like oh Lindsay, oh Lindsay, just take a day off girl (laughs) just you go do you Mm -hmm. (laughs) because that would be just exhausting yeah like you got your own money you got your just go do your thing go stay in a hotel and don't tell them where you are 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, just do a girls' weekend somewhere. Yeah. Just in Europe, maybe. It, yeah, it, just go somewhere. There's no cell service. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> throw, in, throw your phone in a river. <laughs> yeah, like he's in the middle of a he's in the middle of a six game homestand. <laughs> just go away, girl. Just do it. Yeah. But like, on the other hand, what what a partner to have who's like your biggest fan. Oh yeah, for sure. So, like, all the power to them. But I can imagine how exhausting it would be. <laughs> I would just be like, after a while, you'd be like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. I'd so- be like, can we just sit in silence <laughs> for 30 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can we sit in silence while we're both awake? Yeah. So it doesn't count if I'm quiet while you're sleeping. <laughs> so true. So true. <laughs> But other than, you know, him pranking her and whatever, then maybe we'll see some a little bit more a little bit more content featuring our favorite. Exactly, cuz they they're friendly in the very least, I think. Oh yeah. Oh, can't wait. It's gonna be so good. Did you see did you see our favorite's new uh, Under Armour? I did. Photos, PS. Sure did. Was a little disappointed. Were you? Not not his best angles. <laughs> terms of like photographies speaking yeah but love you know the merch looks great yeah it's good i'd buy it i can confirm that he is not in the under armor catalog for this oh coming no year. megan oh no megan what'd you do <laughs> the, only, the only reason i know is because our school now has like a, a deal with under armor mm-hmm. for all of our teams and stuff and so we have the cat the catalog at school and uh, my friend Courtney and I were looking through one day, because she coaches uh, soccer and whatever, and we were looking through, like, what's available, and then we were looking through, like, the, the men's stuff was all first, and there was one of the models, we were like, well, he should just be on every page in all of the things, <laughs> but it was not Taylor Hall, <laughs> so. <sighs> that so is disappointing. He's obviously only doing, like, the billboard campaigns. Yeah, but I also think, too, that there's... I, I imagine there's probably regional versions of the magazine. Maybe. Where if you're, you know, selling to someone uh, east of Pennsylvania, he might be featured in it, but who knows. Maybe. But yeah, so he's not in the catalog that I saw. It's very disappointing. Maybe next year. Maybe next year. And I'll just have to pick myself up one of those catalogs, I guess. There you go. But yeah, so I didn't do any, it wasn't weird, it was just like, we were legitimately looking for stuff for our teams. And then it just became a more enjoyable activity. Oh, it was super enjoyable. Oh, okay. Can you imagine so f- had I turned a page and then all of a sudden there's Taylor Hall? Ugh. I'd have died. <laughs> just like, yeah. in the hallway at school. Done. Su- surprise Taylor Hall is simultaneously the best and worst Taylor Hall. It's true. I'd forgotten that I had, like, set an alert for when he posted on the Instagram. Because <laughs> it happens so rarely, right? And then I was like, oh, right, Taylor Hall is still a thing. <laughs> That's correct. Mm. Oh, how dare you, Megan. <laughs> I don't believe you for a second forgetting that Taylor Hall was a thing. It's been a while. It's been it's been a minute since he's posted anything on the Instagram. It's true. It's like I don't when, even follow him anymore, so I can't it, really. It's like when Chase Crawford shows up on my Instagram time. I'm like, oh, right. That's a person that I also follow. <laughs> Chase like Crawford. Maybe once every four months that there's a new post. 
And why are you following Chase Crawford? I I don't remember what the reason was in the first place. Probably because he's hot. But then I just I never bothered to unfollow because he posts like so infrequently that I'm just like, nah, okay. Right. Bizarre man. Yeah. Can you fill me in on what's happening with Marlo? Uh, he got traded to Carolina. Uh, he no. Just, no, just no, no. It's fine. He got the, he waived his no move clause to get traded to Carolina. I think for the purposes of being bought out. Oh, he's, I see. He's gonna sign on sign sign on a discount in San Jose. Oh, be, really? Yeah. Yeah, That's because surprising. the Leafs have some cap crunch. No, it's not surprising to me at all. The Leafs have a cap crunch issue, and they needed to get his entire contract off the books. The Canes, of course, need some money to stay at the cap floor because they. Mm-hmm are a bargain team, and so if they have to buy him out, then that counts against their cap floor, so that's good for them. Um, and then, um, yeah, then he'll take a discount to go and sign in San Jose. Wow. On a one-year deal. And then quitsies, or what? Uh, I kind of, I think it would be just kind of one-year deals, depending on what he wants to do. Do you think it's because Joe is playing again next year? I think so. Interesting. And, like, San Jose, they're at the point now where, like, they should be able to win the cup. Like, they really should. They oh, should have. Sure. They should have been able to beat St. Louis mm-hmm. um, this year. And they would have beat the Bruins. And so, yeah, I think, I think that this is kind of, like, the peak, the peak time. So, and, and, and I mean, his wife's from there and her family's in San Jose and that's where their kids grew, mostly grew up and, you know. Well, he's leaving behind two kids in Toronto. It's true, and he wrote the nicest, like, little message to them. He doesn't Aww. have social media because he's a grandpa, but his wife does. <laughs> um, uh, and, he, yeah, he wrote, the, like, the nicest little thing. I'll see if I can find it really quick here. Um, Christina Marlowe. Oh, there. Um, he says, thank you to the Maple Leafs organization, blah, 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 all the way through. Um, the very best I will take away from my time in Toronto are the people that we all met, my teammates, those who work for MLSE, parents we met at our son's schools, hockey games, and everyone in the community. Thank you for making our family feel at home. To Austin and Mitch, a special thank you for welcoming us into the Leafs family and then becoming a part of ours. You all, you will always have a spot at our dinner table and extra sticks in our hockey room. I'll miss seeing oh. you at the rink every day. Never forget how good you guys are. I thought that was really That's nice. So sweet. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And then uh, Matthews wrote something on Instagram and he was like, something, something, something. Sad day. Blah, blah, blah. Thanks for welcoming me into your family and treating me like one of your own. I learned so much from you, both on and off the ice, and I'll cherish your friendship and the memories we had these last two years forever. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Maybe, and the picture that he posted, I should send it to you, it's funny. The picture that he posted is them, or the first one anyway, is them, like, coming into uh, TD Garden in Boston, mm-hmm. um, pre-game, like, with their coffee, and, like, Marlo looks great in his suit, because of course he does, and Austin Matthews is wearing a suit, but no socks. Uh, <laughs> that should tell you of everything course. that you need to know. Yeah. I think Amanda sent me a picture of um, him and a Marlo, or not Marlo. Matthews, they both have the same fucking letter in their name. Um, in a Marlowe like shirt, 
And he just looks disheveled as fuck. And yeah. Amanda's like, what's going on here? And I said, just a boy trying his best. That's <laughs> true. And then uh, Mitch Marner said, hard to put into words what you mean to me, but I just wanted to say thank you for making me feel a part of your family and always feeling welcomed. I will miss having you around the rink every day and making fun of my eating habits. So oh. I'm sure there's a story there. I will always consider you as a teammate and more importantly, your brother. Wishing you all the best in your next chapter. Uh, well, it should have been dad, but okay. Yes, well. Anyway. That's lovely. I'm sure his kids are also, like, just heartbroken. Oh, probably. Uh, although I'm sure Mitch Marner's happy that uh, the oldest kid is, I think it's the oldest kid, or maybe it's the second oldest kid, because that was the one who was, like, hitting on Marner's girlfriend all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing. Yeah. That's so fucking funny. Oh, hockey. You're so fun when you're not about hockey. It's, I know, yeah, when they're not actually, like, doing any hockey stuff, it's great. It's just wonderful and beautiful. Yep. Do you want to talk about the Raptors? like Taylor said, personalities. Sure. Because I would love to talk about the Raptors for a bit. Absolutely. But I want to hear what you have to say. Well, many, many emotions... Most of them still disbelief, I'd say, in that category. Uh, I was not allowed to watch the game until the last 19.6 seconds because of my history as Kelsey the Curse. Mm -hmm. So I was in the living room at the kitchen, and Chris was listening, and they never say the score on TV, which makes me fucking crazy. Because they're just assuming that you can see it with your own two eyes. So I had no idea what was happening. But Chris was like, his noises were so much more angry than I thought victorious. Okay. So I was like, oh no, what's happening? I don't know what's happening. And he like wouldn't say anything. So I was like, ah! Just like in just the worst anxious feeling. And then I got to watch the last 20 seconds. And I think... So that was I made a four good hours choice. of your evening to watch those 20 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> well, I purposely went for a walk with a dog for the first half because I knew I just got to separate myself from it for everyone's well-being. Yeah. And I was correct. And still, the last 20 seconds were just a fucking nail-biter regardless of me watching or not. So. Sure. But yeah, very excited, very happy, especially for Kyle Lowry, just like, just fucking killing it, carrying the heart and soul of that team as always, and his chunky little body, just love him to pieces. It was fun watching, it's always fun, like, I think watching, you know, fans of a team be rewarded for being fans mm-hmm. of a team. For sure. Right? Because, like, I'm... I don't... Basketball's not my thing and whatever. It is what it is. Uh, and, like, there's great things that happen, but then it's also, like, the last minute of a basketball game takes nine years to play, and I'm just like, well, you've completely lost my interest. Um, which yeah. is so... Which I, I find is, like, really frustrating. Because that's, like... and Because so, I watched uh, the Rough Riders and the Red Blacks on Thursday night, and Ottawa ended up winning. But, like, Saskatchewan had the ball 
uh, for an onside kick with like 25 seconds left and I was like fuck man if they make this like they're gonna win this game mm-hmm. because 25 seconds in the CFL is a long is long enough to like do something right um, and this the, the lead could change three times in 25 seconds if you try really hard um, whereas like in in a basketball game or an NFL game or whatever those last last little bit of time is just like well now what oh oh I guess we're gonna inbound again like it just it just feels like it's so choppy yeah, well, there's a lot of fouls. There's it's it's very strategic though. Like what you want to do is make sure that your opponent has the least amount of momentum, so that either you keep your lead or you know you you try to do things quickly, but also slow them down so they can't react to you quickly. So it's it's strategic. It's tricky because like you really have to be with it Mm -hmm. in order to know like as a player like okay how many fouls do we have are we in the bonus can we afford to take a timeout do we have any timeouts left as a team you know like all those things and I think you really need to listen to your coach and what they're directing you to do and who to foul and when to foul them and all that biz it's so complicated and I don't even pretend to know all of it but yeah I think it's just another thing that makes basketball just so full of drama because it's moving so slowly, but it's also on a rage- razor's edge. Yeah, <laughs> most oh, of the absolutely. Time. <clears throat> and like, and I think it's one of those things. Like for a casual fan, I think the last couple minutes of a basketball game are really frustrating to watch because mm-hmm. you're like, "What the fuck is happening right now?" Yeah. Um, but no, it was good, and it was fun to see everybody like excited and happy. And I'm glad that Toronto didn't like burn the city down. Proud of them. Yeah. They they did well. I think like basketball fans are a different breed though than like hockey plant fans or especially soccer fans. But Yeah, but I don't think that everybody who was like rolling around the streets of Toronto that night were basketball fans. Like that's Oh absolutely right. not. And so I was no, no, just no. impressed that like I was impressed that they didn't burn the city to the ground. Yeah. Things got kept together other yeah. than a shooting or two. Yeah. But you are Toronto, so... Yeah. What do you expect? Yeah, no, it was good. And, I mean, it'll be interesting to see if, like, Kawhi manages... If they manage to sign him again, if he wants to stay, if... Yeah, I'm... I'm optimistic. Not necessarily because I feel biased to him... To wanting him stay. But I think... I think I said this last time, but... I think the organization really allows him to a function as he is they don't they're not trying to change him they're they're happy when he's successful and make sure to do everything in his power for him to be successful because obviously that makes them a better team so I think he feels much better there than he did in San Antonio that's for sure Mm -hmm. but also I wouldn't fault him for testing out the market because like if there's any peak in your career, it's right now. Yeah, he's what twenty seven. If that, I think. He's like yeah, twenty seven. Just won a just won a championship and a finals MVP. Yeah. Which also I like. That's one thing I like about the NBA and their playoffs better than I like about the NHL. Like I get that the Smythe Trophy is a big thing in the NHL, but I like the fact that the MVP in the playoffs in the NBA is just for the finals. Mm hmm. Because I think that that, I think that as you go through four rounds and potentially playing, like, 28 games, like, I think things shift um, 
from who was super important at the beginning, you know, and then who, like, really shone in that last series. Um, oh, for sure. And even the tricky thing about Toronto is, like, even if it wasn't Kawhi, like, it could have been Kyle, it could have been freaking Fred Van Vliet, like... Mm-hmm. There were so many people on that team who really... Like, they're such a well-rounded team. And what really bugs me, too, though, is because I know that there'll be some sort of narrative that's like, well, you know, they won because Golden State, you know, struggled with injuries. But it's just like, it doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, I've heard... I've seen lots of that where it's like, well, yeah, it took them... They took a, a... a depleted Golden State lineup. It took them six games to beat them, and, and none, there were no, like, blowout wins and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, but they still won. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, they still won. It doesn't matter. These are... Playoffs don't happen in a vacuum. No sports happens in a vacuum. No. And it would be absurd to think that Toronto... Well, Fred Van Vliet had injuries. Like, everyone yeah. is playing hurt. Yeah. And also, Golden State fucked up by putting Kevin Durant in. He should not no, have played at all. Absolutely. And now they're really fucked up. Yeah. Because they kind of participated this injury. And now, I, I was talking to my husband. Because he, of course, was watching as it happened. And doing what he does for a living, he leans in and he's like, Yep, that's the Achilles. You can see the ripple. It's Gonzo. It's mm-hmm. Gonzo. He's done for a year. He was just getting like more yeah. and more upset well, by I'm how just, serious his well, injury I'm, I'm, was. I, so I didn't see it happen because I wasn't watching the game, but I saw the replay. And this is like... It's textbook. Oh, yeah, and you could see it. Like, you could see the... And I was like, yeah, no, that that's what that just was. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, they probably shouldn't have had him back in. I get, I get it, though. Like, I understand that. I understand why he wanted to play. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so, yeah, I think... Uh, I, I think... I mean, yeah, they probably shouldn't have, but I get why he did. I get why he wanted to. And so, you know, what do you say to that? Well, from my husband's perspective, you say... In good conscience, I can't clear you for play because you're going to injure yourself even worse. And, But I think in those situations, sometimes people feel pressure from all sorts mm-hmm. of sides to be like, well, we need we need wins and everyone has to, yeah. you know, make sacrifices. But in the end, they might <laughs> just pay this guy to never play again. Like, yeah. Well, and I mean, but at the same time too, like he's, you know, he's a grown ass man. And if he wants yeah. to play, like that's the other thing, right. That we forget sometimes is like, you know, had that happened like in a, on a, on a college team or like university team or something like that's some very different shit. Yeah. But like, this is a professional who's like, no, I want to fucking play. And so like, mm-hmm. are you really going to say no? Well, yes, and that's what happened to Chris Bosch and why his career ended is because he couldn't get a single doctor to clear him. And no team, despite, you know, his his fighting to do it, would let that happen. They, it was too much of a risk. Mm-hmm. So I think it depends on, you know, a lot of factors. But Well, and maybe they didn't assume that he was going to... That it was, it was maybe quite, and, and I mean, it's, it's tough, right? Like, it's really tough with, with, like, a leg injury. because like Yeah, you can't really equate them. And you can't, well, and, you, and it's also really tough, too, because you can't necessarily know for sure that, mm-hmm. like, this is going to necessarily cause this co- particular kind of injury. Like, do you know what I mean? 
that if like yeah like he's out and he's hurt and if he goes back in there's a good chance he's gonna get hurt again but there's no way to predict that like it's gonna be his achilles oh my husband knew right away he was like they shouldn't play him he's gonna that thing's gonna explode i believe is the terminology that he used but again like that's what he does for a living so he sees that shit all the time yeah but... and yeah ha- and you have to think too that like yeah they needed to win right and so if that was at the moment like they thought what their best chance to get that win was well mm-hmm. then i think you make that decision right yeah, for sure. Speaking of my husband, can we do a little bit of a tangent right now? We isn't this the entire thing a tangent? We're gonna we're gonna take a sharp left away from the NBA for a second. Okay, let's talk about your husband. Um, my husband, I think, is very good at what he does. According to his Google reviews, he's excellent. <laughs> <laughs> These are one of the things that I tell him not to spend time during the day doing. But there you go. Um, not writing them for himself, but reading them. Um. And he treats a lot of athletes, as is his job. And um, at his clinic, they... Whoa! I fucking hate internet ads. I'm just trying to open a quiz here. Um, They had been prescribing, like, a certain type of iron supplement to athletes that's supposed to be kind of gentle and safe and good to get them back into their sport. Because some... He's working with um, Canadian national athletes right now, quite a few of them, and, and some of them can't compete until their iron levels return to normal, either because they're too high or they're too low, because there's a lot of regulations that go with international competitions and things like that. Yeah. And so they've been prescribing this certain, uh, or recommending is the better word, this certain iron supplement. And he's like, you know what, this is what we say to do, but... Uh, I'm not even sure, like, he doesn't have a history with it. He's not really comfortable. He doesn't really know what it does and how it affects your body per se. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was like, I'm going to take it myself. So he goes to a pharmacy and, and gets it. It's over the counter. You just ask for it. And Megan, I thought it would be, like, some Jameson fucking iron supplement. Yeah. No, my husband is currently taking prenatal vitamins actually it's a prenatal vitamin huh huh i love it that's what he has been telling these athletes to take because that's like it's a certain it's like ferrous form firmer firmer whatever that's the form that has the best absorption or whatever the fuck and in canada it comes along with folic acid as a <laughs> prenatal vitamin. That's really funny. So, I just don't even... I just don't even know what to do or say most days. That's really funny. But I don't know, I don't know how, to, how to pull this tangent back into the... So what you're telling me is that your husband is getting ready to have a baby. That's, that is what you're telling me. Apparently, of all of this is that your husband is getting right. And how does that make you feel? Well, his body is in peak condition. It's ready. I would say that I'm so relieved that he's the one who's going to take the body hit on this one. Yeah. Because I for sure don't. <laughs> My body barely functions, I'd say, on just, you know, like a basic level. Yeah. And so for him to really take the sacrifice and 
and and carry that baby for us is you know it's a real it's a real solid and i'm 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 relieved to be honest well i think you should tell chris that i'm really proud of him Mm -hmm. for just like volunteering to take that step and just really doing his best to tear down the patriarchy yeah at all all avenues that's amazing that is absolutely amazing (laughs) because when you texted me last night you're like remind me to tell you about iron supplements i was like okay because um, I was like not expecting my that. new career is like someone who sells iron. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, <laughs> is this a multi-level marketing scheme? Is this like <laughs> fucking Nutriboom on Brooklyn Nine Nine? <laughs> and are we gonna end our podcast with like some weird little catchphrase now? Uh, no. The answer is no. No, absolutely not. So is our episode titled "The One with the Prenatal Vitamins"? I'm pretty sure it is. <laughs> <laughs> sure, absolutely can be. <laughs> If you want to. And the funniest thing is that it comes in, like, of course, because it's marketing. So it comes in this package that's pink. And it's just got this little blister pack and he just pops them out and takes them in the morning. That's so funny. So fucked up, Megan. Oh, my God. Tip of the iceberg. Tip of the iceberg. But also, like... He's doing so. He's he's taking these supplements to like figure out how they work. Yeah, and just to see, like, because he he's an athlete himself. He goes to the gym every day and he cycles to and from work. And yeah. in Calgary, it's uphill and downhill both ways, essentially. Um, and sometimes, depending on where he's working for the day, that's like a three-hour commute on his bike. Like right. he he gives her hard, and so I think he wanted to see if there was. If he felt any difference doing his normal athletic activities, so we'll see. <laughs> but he's also preparing his body. For he's a preparing his body for childbirth. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yep. I absolutely love it. God, that's funny. I'm proud of him. Mm-hmm. I'm very proud of him. That's that's good. Yeah, I wouldn't say proud is necessarily the adjective I would use, but maybe unsurprised. Yeah, that's, I mean, like, talk about going the extra mile. Oh, for sure. For sure. And I think that's kind of his, his philosophy as a physician is, like, he's not going to recommend you do something that he himself wouldn't do. Right. For his own body. Also, did I tell you how he made me pass out the other day? No. Okay, excellent. This is a good one. I. I, Can we just unpack that statement for just a minute here? Did I tell you about how my husband made me pass out the other day? It'll it'll all make sense. I know, but like if we if if somehow if someone just stopped listening or something got fucked up with our audio and that's how it ended, then you'd. They'd called Child Protective Services? <laughs> no, there's just so many different ways that one person could take that particular statement without getting the answer. So here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, it's not the other day. It was like two weeks ago. I kept having just this awful, awful back and neck pain. And I, like, was trying to stretch it out, and I was trying to massage it out, and just, like, every day it just kept getting worse. 
And then one day I woke up and I just like, I legit couldn't move my neck. And I was like, what the heck is going on with me, Mr. Doctor Man? Like, what can you do to fix this so that I can, I don't know, look at my feet? <laughs> like, this is getting ridiculous. Oh man, if I couldn't look at my feet, that'd be okay. Because feet are the worst. Feet are the worst. But it was just like, it was impacting my, my day-to-day to that moment. And I was just like, this is stupid. Like, I'll try to book a massage, but like... I'm not going to get into any place like day of. So what do you got for me in your doctor bag, Mr. Doctor Man? And he was like, well, I could just do um, some nerve freezing on you. I do that for people all the time. And I was like, okay, go to your fucking doctor suitcase in your doctor room and (laughs) get your needles and your lidocaine. And then I'm going to sit in the kitchen and just strip off and you're going to inject my back a few times. Sounds perfect. Let's do it. So he does it. He like um, kind of pinpoints the spots in my muscles that are like the most painful. And what he's going to do is he's just going to inject freezing into them. And then what it's supposed to do is, of course, like numb the pain for a short amount of time. But also once they're numb, you can manipulate the muscles and break up the tension and whatever's happening in them so that you can ambulate some more. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's the idea behind it. What happened was I had a reaction to the lidocaine and half fainted and then couldn't walk, couldn't move, couldn't think. I was like laying on the carpet, just like struggling to breathe because I was having a reaction to this lidocaine and he's like on four on all fours next to me like trying to figure out what went wrong and afterwards it took like two hours to pass and afterwards he he was like yeah I was really worried you had lidocaine toxicity toxicity he's like well yeah it can happen but like that usually happens in people where they're given like 10 times the dose that i gave you and i was like what's happening with my body like, but my tiny little body yeah my tiny little body can't take any lidocaine anymore so he's like maybe you should just like put that on your allergy list when you go yeah, to no a kidding. doctor next yeah, no but you know like in the end my neck felt better <laughs> I just had to lay on the floor for two hours struggling to stay alive so well I'm glad that you didn't die Uh, yeah me too it would have been just an embarrassing way to go no kidding and then I would have never found out that your husband is taking prenatal vitamins so really everybody wins I know and (laughs) that joy that it's bringing to this world could never have been spread so yeah, thank God for Dr. Man. I would have been, yeah, I'd have been like, so the podcast is over because Kelsey's dead. <laughs> and uh, here's what happened. <laughs> See, I wonder what the here's what happened would have been. Yeah. <laughs> Chris is apparently not a real doctor and uh, <laughs> tried something and then she died. Well, he goes somewhere for 12 hours a day and comes home with much more money than when he left. So, <laughs> fingers crossed that it is a doctor. So, Matt. maybe he's dealing drugs. <laughs> 
But sometimes I'm like, what do you got for this pain, mister? And he's like, nothing. Sucks to be you. And I'm just like, come on! So I don't think it's (laughs) drugs. (laughs) You'd think he'd be more inclined to share, if so. Perhaps. Perhaps. One can wish. That's all really funny. Well, I'm glad you're not dead. Thank you very much. That's about the nicest thing I'm going to say all day. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you want to tell me about the book you're reading? Uh, yeah, so I'm reading this book by a guy named Richard Powers. It's called The Overstory. And uh, I gave it to my dad for Father's Day, and then I started reading it, so I just took it home. Um, <laughs> and I will carry on and give it back to him when I'm finished. Which we'll Wait, so has be- he not read it yet? No. Uh, <laughs> which We do that all the time. Um, which will either be tomorrow, today or tomorrow. Um, probably tomorrow. So it's about trees, kind of. Um, and okay. Yeah. Okay. So not like trees, like in Lord of the Rings or no, but just like trees and how, and, and sort of the importance of, of trees and sort of being connected to the earth, but it's fiction. And so it starts off these like six, I think there's six of them, so like kind of almost short stories at the beginning with these different characters, um, who eventually are going to come together later on um but it starts off kind of telling their their little stories and like their the the thing about like you know the first one is about this this farm i believe it's in iowa and they have this like this chestnut tree that just sort of stands there over the farm and and the the original uh, like the grandfather of the kid that the story ultimately becomes about planted originally like a dozen chestnut trees and only one survived Gotcha. And so, you know, and, and so the the way that that little bit of story ends uh, in Iowa is this kid, he goes off um, over Christmas at some point in time to go, I can't remember, he goes into, goes into the city for something or another one night. There's a, a snowstorm, and when he comes back, uh, everyone who was in the house um, died because the furnace like was emitting all of these toxic fumes and everyone was oh, like no. gassed out but because he had left right he, he, he survived left. and so there's these six different stories and these different characters and then I'm about three quarters of the way through the book so I haven't finished it yet but um they eventually come together and, and are sort of dealing with like like a, an ecological crisis ultimately um and they've all sort of in their own way become environmental activists hmm. um but it's it's so it's not like it's not about trees but it's kind of about trees and the reason that I picked it up originally I like the cover of it first of all and I'll be very honest like we've talked about this before I very much judge books by their covers mm-hmm. um, but the one of the authors that had a little quote on the front was Barbara Kingsolver Ooh. Like, of her review of it and I really love her writing mm-hmm. um, and she like she can't, I, oh, the book's like just on my counter but I'm too lazy to go get it um it says something like her comment was something about how it was just like this master, like a masterwork of, of like an epic masterwork of environmental importance or something like that. And then I read some of the stuff on the inside and I was just like all of these authors that I really like saying all these incredible things about this book. And I was like, Oh, I'm going to buy this book for my dad. Uh, and I think now it's going to be like the thing that I want everyone to read. Oh, wow. Kind of like, um, all the light we cannot see like mm-hmm. three or four years ago. Like this is the same kind of, the same kind of thing. Oh, interesting. Um, and I can't remember who the author was on the, on the back and the blurb said something about like you'll never look at, you know, a walk in the forest the same way. Because like, it's the happening. Yeah, the and I was happening like, yeah, is happening. I kind of get it. Yeah, like I I see where that that perspective comes from. 
Hmm. Um, and it's just been it's just been really interesting. It would make a really interesting like limited TV series too. Oh, because you'd have these different because you could because you have these different characters and their different origins, and you could have like some really interesting like like cinematography for each of the characters and how their stories come together. I think it would be a really a really good. Um, it's got potential, I would say. And this book won the Pulitzer Prize this past year. Shit. So yeah, it was it was really 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 good. It's and I'm I'm glad that I just stole it from him and brought it home. Sometimes I get um, a little bit suspicious around books that read Pulitzer prizes because they can feel like they are too academic in their writing or lofty or highfalutin or highbrow yeah. or yeah. or inaccessible to regular readers this one doesn't feel that way no i don't i don't think so i think hmm. it's uh it's i mean i i don't know if if the premise would interest just regular readers yeah. right if that makes sense like i don't know if reading about trees is something that people want to do. Of course. But I was I was out with a couple people from work uh, earlier this week on the last day of classes and we were we went for beers and um, there was I think there was five of us and I was talking with one of the other guys about books and stuff because he's going away for about a month and he was you know looking for recos. Well how he all, he always reads when he's on like holidays and stuff and one of the other guys was like yeah I don't read books and I was like somehow that doesn't surprise me and he's like what's that supposed to mean and I was like I don't know you just don't strike me as the type of person who would have the patience to sit down and read. Mm-hmm. Like, not that you're not smart, just I don't... I would never have assumed that you would spend your free time reading. Mm-hmm. And it appears that I was correct. Like, you know, it just is what it is. But I was talking to this other guy, and I mentioned that I was reading this book, and I was like, I don't want to say that the trees are the characters, because they're not, but they're, like, kind of. Mm-hmm. And the best way I can explain it is, like, it's the way that, like, Dylan Texas is a character in Friday Night Lights. Right. It fulfills a narrative purpose that without yeah. it, the book wouldn't be the same. Yeah, but it, it's not like the trees have names. Like, it's not, you know. Oh, here's not... Greg. <laughs> yeah, like, they're not talking to us. This spruce. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, and if they were, then it would be also, it would still make a good movie if the trees were, but then it would have to be directed by Taika Waititi. And oh, God, be, of course. And the trees would all be Kiwis. Like, that would, it would be, be amazing. Be amazing. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so it's, it's been, it's interesting and it's, it's always nice. And I'd never, this is this guy's like 12th book and I'd never heard of him before. Oh shit. Um, and then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to check this out and uh, I'm really glad that I did. Perfection. Love it. Uh, Text me the title and then in a year I'll read it. (laughs) Right. Because you're going to have to wait a long time probably at the library. Yes. Speaking of that, I just got the Huntress in my... Um, uh, loans shelf thing on my library app. Yeah. And I've been waiting so, so long. And again, I just have this sense of <laughs> defiance when it comes to my library requests because the time in which I have to read it just slowly keeps ticking down. Mm-hmm. And would you like to guess the percentage in which I have completed this book? When did, oh, well, I'm okay. When did you get it? Um, I would say here, just let me open it because you get it for 21 days and I have, it's just loading here. I have nine days left. I would anticipate, how many pages is it? It doesn't say. Okay, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, 
that you have read approximately 7% of it. Megan, it's 2%. Oh, I was trying to be nice. <laughs> and you have nine days left. I have nine days left. And I want and to read this correct me if book. I'm wrong, are you not going to Estevan like two days from now? Correct. So you're not going to finish it. It's, it's today or never. <laughs> yeah, like that's my prediction is you're not going to finish this book. No, and like I love Kate Quinn. I loved the Alice Network. Yeah. The premise of this... Oh, my God. No, it just updated. I'm at 6%. You were so fucking correct. Oh, my God. Um, I am so interested in the premise of this book. Like, I want to read it. But there's just something about these things sitting in this... Mm-hmm. A holds area of the app with that day just ticking down. I've got three other books in there due in five days. And it's just like, what you it's need to just do an exercise in futility sometimes. You no, know, what you need to do is just be like me and buy the book and then read it and then take it back. Yeah, I just I do it a lot. If I'm like, I'm never gonna read this book again, I'll just take it back. I don't care. Um, and I think doing that enables me to like get through stuff a little bit faster. Knowing right, because there's have... no stakes to it. No, and, and so really what I'll do is I'll buy the book and I'll get a gift receipt and then I'll take it back. Oh, because that's then, very smart. then it's like, oh yeah, I, I, I started reading it and I didn't really like it. And then you can just take it back. Oh, or, that's the reason that you give. Yeah, or, or I already had it and, you know, they didn't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the gift receipt is key. Like, you can't do it all the time, obviously, but, you know. Do you find that you go to different locations? Um, I often take them back to the same place. Oh, okay. Um, but I'll order, lots of times I'll just order them online. Oh, I see. And then I'll just take them back to the store. And then there's not, like, these whispers of, um... No. This very tall woman brings back a book once a week that she's already it bought. And I think she's scamming us. It doesn't happen once a week. It happens like <laughs> maybe once a month. And sometimes still it's still a like high ratio. I'd two say. or three books. We'll see. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you always, but if you, whenever you order stuff online, it's like this purchase includes a gift, then they know, right? And I think that they ask that on purpose. Yeah, true. Right, but then that way it's, like, it includes a gift. And then, like, they know. Whatever. I mean, like, people buy me books all the time that I've already read and I have to take back. So, like, whatever. It's fine. Mm -hmm. Gift receipts. So crucial in today's modern world. It's true. I've been, so, two for two, uh, gotten books from a friend who, where I've not read the books yet. And they're both, like, old books. Oh. Because there was one I got for my birthday. And then just like last week, I guess it was earlier this week. I don't even know. No, I guess it was last week. Uh, another one that I'd never read before. That's shocking. I know. And I was telling my dad and he was like, boom, it must be nice to be able to buy books for someone that they've never read. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, probably. Oh my God. Because <laughs> I went shopping, you know, I, I feel like I told you this. I bought books for kids. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember if we've talked about this on here or not. I don't think so. Um, so yeah, like I, I didn't buy books for all of my children because that's insane. Um, 
but I bought books for, well, I don't know, I probably bought like 16 books, I think. For, let's be honest, your favorites. For kids that I like, yeah. And I and it was very intentional and very purposeful, and I bought books that I thought that the, these kids would like. Um, like one kid, I talked to him in the office one day because he got suspended for punching another kid in the face in gym class. Um, nice. <laughs> yeah, well... He's got issues and a bit of an anger problem. And he knows that. He's like, but I only hit him once. And I was like, I'm proud of you, actually. <laughs> he showed real restraint. <laughs> he did. Because Good he job, could have, Greg. He could have probably broken this kid's face entirely. Hmm. Uh, because I don't know what happened. They were playing, like, I don't know if they were playing, like, soccer or, like, touch football or something. The kid, like, ripped his shirt and then... So you turn around well, and punch that's in unnecessary. Don't yeah. rip my shirt. Well, exactly. And, and the kid doesn't have the best, like, anger response, so he turned around and punches the kid in the face. And so this semester, though, he only had gym, calm, and English. So he didn't really have a lot of work to do when he was on suspension. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't know if it was our librarian or someone, like, set him up with, like, maybe, maybe it was librarian and just set him up, and he was just, like, reading books on overdrive on the computer. Nice. Uh, while he was suspended for two days in the office because he had no work to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, oh, what are you reading? And he was reading The Gunslinger by Stephen King. Oh, yeah, for sure. And he, he really quite liked it. And I was like, have you ever read anything by Stephen King before? He's like, yeah, I've read, uh, he had read Christine and he had read something else. I think he read Pet Cemetery. And he really liked them. And I was like, okay, cool, cool. So I ordered him, this is where this thought started. So I ordered him uh, The Outsider that I read from last summer by Stephen King that I really mm-hmm. enjoyed. And I, like, ordered him a hard copy of it. Oh. And then... And then I wrote Special. it in. And, and I gave it to him. And I, I just ran into him in the hallway one day. And I was like, hey, come see me when you got a chance. And so he does. And he, he's like, what's up? And I was like, I got something for you. So he gave him this book. And he opens. And he, like, reads a little message. And he, like, almost cried a little bit. Which for Aww. this kid is a lot. Um, Was he didn't it bother. because you said, I'm so glad you didn't punch him more in the face? No, I just said that I was really proud of him for finishing high school. Mm-hmm. And persevering and managing to, you know, do the things that that he had to do and get through it because mm-hmm. school is not his favorite thing yeah it's it's, it's he, a lot of it's bullshit as we've said before yeah and he made lots of bad choices through all of his years and his ap was real close to kicking him out and stuff and he kind of worked his way through and and he did it and i was really proud of him mm-hmm. uh, he didn't want to go to our grad ceremony he's like i don't fucking care about those people and i was like fair enough yeah it's yeah. not it's not for everybody. It's a huge stupid socialization yeah. thing that we yeah. do. Yeah. So he uh, and he wasn't at the grad banquet on the weekend, but he 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 finished and he's gonna pass his English because and he's gonna pass it. He's passed Gaul and he's passed Phys Ed, and he needed oh, those excellent. credits in Phys Ed thirty um, as his thirty level credits. And then he's gonna pass English, and so he'll get his diploma. And I don't know what he's gonna do next year, but I know he'll be okay. That's excellent. I'm very proud of him. So I gave him this book, and then I was like, hmm, there's other kids that I like. And so I made a list of kids, and then my, my mom, her birthday's in May, and so at Chapters, you can get, in your birthday month, if you're a member of, like, our rewards or whatever, you get an extra 20% off mm-hmm. in your birthday month on any, like, one purchase. So you can go in and whatever. So And it's on regular price stuff only. So mom and I went to the bookstore on Friday, May 31st, like <laughs> right at the last minute because my life was a little insane. And I bought books for 12 other kids that day. And then I ordered a couple more online mm-hmm. just to kind of complete what I was looking for. And it was super fun. And I picked books for kids like intentionally and thinking about like who they are and what kind of stuff they like. And 
um, this one girl who was in like English 30 IB. I never actually taught her, but her and her friends hung out in my room all the time. And so there were seven of them. And I was like, well, I can't get one for one of them without all of them. So here we go. And she was like, she's like, I feel like I should read these books by Hemingway and this because like they're classics. I was like, fuck that noise. Don't do it. Um, but then I gave her, uh, a copy of Sing Unburied Sing by Jesmyn Ward. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you need to read this book. I would never tell you that you have to read a book, but you need to read this book. It's not a classic. It's not canon. Yeah. But you need to read it. And she has. And she was like, I understand why you wanted me to read this book. And I was like, okay, good. I'm glad. Oh, excellent. And her note I left on the last page because she's notorious for not finishing the books. So I didn't, I didn't read it. I didn't inscribe the beginning of the book for her. I waited until the last page. That's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Such a gem, Megan. And I started off with, like, hopefully you made it this far, dot, 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 and then said some very nice things, knowing that if she didn't finish the book, she'd never know the nice things I said about her. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's your secret victory, though, is you saying nice things about people and them not knowing it or not hearing it. That's true. <laughs> and then one of the football boys, I bought him the Green Mile, mm-hmm. and his football coach is like, he's never going to read that book, and I was like, he might not read the whole book, but there is a movie. I'm not an idiot. Yeah, so he might be motivated to watch the movie and then be like, wait a minute, I want to see what this book's about. Exactly, that was exact. And his girlfriend, who was also on the football team, she was like, she told me that he, uh, that he'd started reading it. And she's like, it's the first time I've ever seen him read anything. Ugh, reading is power. Yeah. And then this girl who was on the football team, I gave her one too. Uh, I think I told you about it, I think we talked about it on here, called Words in Deep Blue. Uh, no, I don't think we talked about that. Like, mm, I don't know who I was telling then. I felt like it was something I would have told you about. It's about this girl. It's set in Australia. It's about this girl who like goes to work in a bookstore um, after she moves back to the city after her brother dies, and she's like dealing with all of this. Like, oh wait, wait. I, I yes. feel like we did. Yeah. Yes. So I gave the and I, I gave this to this girl not because like she's had the same kind of story, but because the main character reminded me so much of her in the way that she just like represses her feelings until she can't anymore, and then they just explode out of her. Um, Oof, sounds familiar for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not like it's me or anything, but you know. <laughs> and so I gave her that, and then and a couple some of the other football kids. One of the football boys told me at the beginning of the year that I'm the only teacher he's ever had who scared him, which I thought was hilarious. So I gave him a copy of Christine by Stephen King because that's the first book I ever read that scared me. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was very fitting. Ugh, should have been Bram Stoker's Dracula. That book's fucked up. It is, but he would never have read it. Stephen King, though, I can I can convince this That's true. Stephen King. He's much more readable than Bram Stoker. He is. He is. And Christine is also terrifying. I don't know if you've ever read it, but I feel like I have. In middle school, there was this like shelf of books that was absolutely inappropriate for middle school aged <laughs> children to read. So of course I read all of them. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that was in it. But what I remember from it, and this makes me think that it wasn't Christine, but maybe something else, is that these kids are in the car. There's like four teens in fucking Maine, who knows? Mm-hmm. And the car kills them by turning up the volume so loudly that their brains bleed out their ears. Yeah. Does that happen in Christine? Uh, yeah. Okay, so I have read Christine. That's that's a traumatic memory. For me to remember something that far back yeah. <laughs> means it's trauma based. Yeah. Yeah, so it was it's been good. So yeah, I gave books to all these kids and they were all like pretty stoked about it. Oh, of course they are, because it's such a thoughtful thing to give a book. 
Yeah, and then I gave another book to uh, a friend at work, which is like my absolute favorite book, which is always a risk, right? Like, it's a risk. Oh, no, it's not that one that I really hate, is it? Which one is that? It's about the Indian no, family. No, 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 no. Okay. That's like still in my top five, but no, it's not that What's one. the title on that one again? The God of Small Things. Yeah, I really didn't like that book. Oh, I loved it. Go ahead. Um, Continue. So, so I gave, yeah, so I gave uh, a friend at work a copy of Trinity by Leon Uris, and it's about, like, Ireland in, like, the late 19th century. Mm. And it's set in the north, and it's, you know, and it's great. And anyway, It's beautiful. Yeah, so I, I, so I gave it to him, and he opens it up and sees it. It's, like, 800 and whatever pages. Like, it's huge. Um, but also the print is, like, minuscule. <laughs> it's like, uh, and I was like, hey, well, you're, like, going on a trip for a while, so I thought, you know, maybe... Because you, you only read like when you're, you only read really when you're on, on holidays. And he's like, "Well, yeah, that's true." I was like, "Well, you're gone for like three and a half weeks, so I thought this might be, this might be something." Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So we'll see. Excellent. We'll see. We'll see. Can I give you a quick little update on an end of school year success that I had? Yes. <laughs> Me not employed by a single school district in the province. Mm-hmm. I was invited back to my previous school's grad. I told you about that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to the commencement and helped backstage and hugged some kids and just had a grand old time. Nice. And then I got sent a link from my friend who's the grad coordinator um, uh, along with her email to everyone else that had the link to the grad video. Okay. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. I'll, I'll be able to see, like, what those kids got up to during the year that I missed and, like, have a nice, like, close-the-door moment on that experience. Um, just want you to know that this bitch came for one day and is featured in that grad video probably 27 times. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was so fun. I was just, like, cackling. It was so funny just like prominently featured more than any other staff member that's hilarious (laughs) so i was just like still got it that's funny we did uh we did a grad video too except like instead of so like us as and it was presented at um the banquet Mm -hmm. and it was uh like it was essentially supposed to be like a lip sync video which, like, no one in the social and English departments wanted to have anything to do with that, so we did something different. Um, and we've, and I've, like, recorded our track, because it's, like, three different pieces of music. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I recorded our track and cut it, so we're just gonna use the same one every year and just, like, add to our video until it's, there's, like, a fucking parade float in it. I don't know, like, that's the plan. Oh, um, amazing. Because why not? Uh, so we had, like, a little fake graduation ceremony up on the stage, and, and then, uh, one of my colleagues comes bursting out of the the behind from behind the curtains and he's got his like commencement robe on and his shorts are hiked up so it looks like he's not wearing anything underneath and uh it's great like it's it's incredible and it's really fun to watch the kids watch this because Mm -hmm. they don't see their teachers like doing silly things stuff like that all that often Mm -hmm. um but yeah it was it was it was super fun and so yeah we've decided in social that we're just gonna like do this over and over again. So expand on to. that, yeah. So we don't because we expanded. We did the same thing last year that we did this year, and we added something to it. And then we'll just add to give else. it some originality yeah. each year. Yeah, but I think, but some of it is like exactly. It's like shot for shot the same, and it's great. <laughs> it's really. <great. laughs> 
Which is also just, like, a waste of time. Oh, it is. For sure it is. <laughs> but, like, I don't actually care. Like, it's it's good because none of us wanted to be part of it. Yeah. But we kind of had to be and we got told, like, very last minute, oh, hey, by the way, on this the last Thursday of May, this is when you're filming your thing. And it was, like, probably the Monday. It's like, so what are we doing? I was like, same as last year. I got this, guys. Don't worry. Did you put on your director's cap again? I sure did, and I played with the music on the soundboard. Fucking hell, that's amazing. We needed someone to do lights, and so we did of lights. Of course. Yeah. That was my... Everyone's got their niche, and you have squeezed yourself into it. It's well, amazing. and honestly, nobody's going to complain because nobody else wants to like do the planning and get it together. So I'm like, hey, mm-hmm. I'll get it together as long as I don't have to be on camera. Yeah, you just, I'm going to show you what you have to do, and everybody's like, fucking sweet, do it. And then one of the, our student union president, who, like, I absolutely adore, she's one of my favorite people, Um, she's also, like, a mini-me, which is really funny, like, in so many ways, Um, and I helped her write, she was doing the, like, the thanks Mm -hmm. uh, at the banquet, and so I helped her work on it, and I'd kind of forgotten, because it had been a long time since we worked on it, because she also wrote, she basically wrote the same thing to go into the yearbook mm, and I was like you know you could just yeah I was like you could just modify that yearbook thing and make it your speech instead of because you're kind of trying to say the same stuff mm-hmm. right like let's just like make it a little bit more tailored to grade 12 and so and I'd kind of forgotten about it because the yearbook thing was due in like January and so I was like wow yeah right and so that's where we're sitting there listening um I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this. I remember all my unhelpful comments that I put in where she's like, you know, to the, the teachers who always who come early and stay late, you know, maybe it's a thank you to them. And I put in brackets, I'm like, you're welcome. And, you know, whatever. But there was a point at which she said, you know, maybe it's that teacher who uh, made you realize, um, made you realize your potential. Or I can't remember how she phrased it. And like four of the people that I was sitting with, like four of the other staff members are like, that's you, isn't it? I'm like, of course it is. It was great. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, it was good. It's such a bittersweet time, the end of a school year. It re- it really is because, like, they leave and we're just there. Mm-hmm. And then things are different when they come back. And sometimes, like, the kids that you really liked when they were in grade 10, they, like, don't have anything to do with you when they're in grade 11. and Or whatever it is. And you're just like, oh, okay. Or that kid that you just fucking hated in grade 10 is just, like, your hero in grade 11 and your favorite thing in the whole world. And you're just like, what happened to us, man? Yeah. Yeah. Like, what was this antagonism? We need we need that back. This is terrible. I don't like this. Yeah, exactly. Not, like, <laughs> what happened to us back then, but, like, this current state of us liking each other is wrong. Yeah, it's wrong and I don't it's like unnatural. it. It's unnatural. Let's go back to hating we each shouldn't, other. We shouldn't be friends. This isn't good. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's weird. And it's funny with some of the grade 12s like in the last I would say probably two and a half weeks they once they had their like meeting about commencement and stuff you know the, their assembly mm-hmm. I think it kind of really started to hit some of them mm-hmm. that like holy shit like we're done now mm-hmm. what do we do and I remember I remember being in grade 12 and, and and not really having that like weird existential thing because like for me there was no option right, right? like I went to university and and you were going it. to university and you knew that's where you were going yeah, and I was going to get I was going to university so I could have a career mm-hmm. and not get a degree like in philosophy, um, right? Because my parents would have been like, mm, no. So like for me, there was I didn't have that same weird trepidation. Like I really liked high school, but I didn't have that same like, oh fuck, now what? Yeah, because your identity Where, wasn't necessarily tied to it. Yeah, whereas like some of these kids, like they don't really know what they're gonna do. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that they're in the in the position where they think that everybody's got it all figured out. Nope. Nope. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, guys, let me tell you a story about a friend of mine who uh, is going to be 41 and, like, five years ago figured out that he was going to be an electrician. Oh, God, I thought that was going to be a story about me, Megan. <laughs> I was like, too soon, I'm right here. <laughs> um, and I was like, so there's no, like, he went to school to be a teacher and he taught English overseas for a couple years. Mm-hmm. And then came back from that and was like, no, I don't want to do that. Totally fair. And so now he's, and it's, he worked construction for a long time, just like kind of general labor jobs and finally realized like he could get his ticket and, you and know, do his and, thing. And so he did. Mm-hmm. And I said, there's nothing, I said, I know for, for you guys, like I get where you're coming from because it looks like we all have our lives totally figured out. Um, but that's that's solely because we've met certain milestones. Mm-hmm. Like just because we've you know moved out and gone to university, those are just two things that some people do. Yeah, like it doesn't it doesn't really mean anything about well, how I we mean, live or what no. we know. <laughs> and there are many milestones that I have not met. Oh, for sure. And, and I'm some just like, Meh. that you choose not to and that are yeah. bullshit. And it's just like, yeah. whatever, dude. Yeah. Um, in the spirit, I found a BuzzFeed quiz. Oh, fuck yeah. I have a few, too. What it's do you got? A, it, it's a teaching one, but it's like, which fictional teacher would you be? Oh, okay. I don't... Okay, go ahead. What were you going to say? No, I just... I, I, I don't watch a lot of things that have teachers in them because they make me upset. <laughs> So I just don't know if I'll have, like, a reference for who I get assigned to. But go ahead. Well, the, the teacher that's on, like, the cover front of the quiz is What's-His-Face Jack Black from School of Rock, so. Oh, fuck yeah. Okay, let's do it. Okay, so what subject would you teach? Math, English, science, music, literature, or chemistry? Well, English. Or literature. Well. Because I think, I feel like English in this sense is, like, composition. And oh, okay, is then like literatures. Literature, I feel like yeah. Okay, literature. Because that's I think that's the distinction, like in AP. Mm-hmm. So let's go. Correct. With that. Okay, on the first day of school, you jump right into class material, play a movie, ask your students for their food, rip up the syllabus, go on a field trip, or embarrass yourself in front of the class. Oh, the last one for sure. Okay, what kind of students irritate you? All of them. <laughs> the ones who don't follow their dreams, know-it-alls, teachers' pets, the lazy smart ones, or the ones that don't want to learn. I know what it is for me. Lazy smart ones. Absolutely. Fuck those guys. Your teaching mar- motto is, stick it to the man, carpe diem, always, just one always. That's it's from Harry Potter. I know it is, but that's dumb. Take chances, make mistakes, and get messy. I don't need a blackboard or a classroom to set an example. I'm a pusher. I push people. Not keep fit and have fun. <laughs> no. No, you cannot be Hal Johnson or Joanne McCarthy. It's not going to be one of the options. Also, they're real people, so no. That's true. Um, Jesus, I don't know. It's probably stick it to the man. Yeah, I think so. If you weren't teaching, you would be a guidance oh, counselor. Boy. A poet. There's choices here. Okay. A guidance counselor, a poet, an actor, a wizard, a musician, or you would just still teach. There's no option. This was about to be like an existential crisis for me, continuing. I I know. Oh, God. If you're not going to answer wizard, I don't even know. Yeah, yeah, that's what I want. (laughs) (laughs) 
Your essential classroom item is a potions list, a guitar, chalk, a book, a key to the school bus, or a DVD player. A book. If you said, I know where they're going with the key to the school bus, because then you would be Miss Frizzle. Frizzle. <laughs> and who doesn't want to be Miss Frizzle? Touche. What's that redheaded kid's name? Is it Arnold on Magic School Bus? I can't remember. Probably. It's the only right. thing I've. The only thing I ever think about when I think about Magic School Bus is Arnold, like, inner tubing in a red blood cell. That's, like, one of my favorite things. Such a beauty whimsical <laughs> moment. Um, how do you respond to a question you can't answer? Admit you don't always know. Ask them what they think the answer is. Pretend you know the answer. Explain that it's not in the curriculum. Sigh and glare at them. Or take them on a field trip to find the answer. The first one. Like, I don't know, find out, look it up. What is your approach to discipline? <laughs> Have a big assembly, talk it out, detention, I just don't care. Help them learn from their failures or a field trip. Jesus, they're just really going full tilt into Miss Frizzle, hey? Can you imagine if that's how you dealt with discipline? But that's like scared straight. It's yeah. like, that's it. We're Space going marks. to Bowdoin. <laughs> Uh, yes, she was smart. <laughs> uh, what was the one before field trip? Uh, help them learn from their failures. Yeah, that's probably it. Okay. Um, and the question, why are you a teacher? To help students tap into their creativity, to help them reach their potential. My students inspire me. It pays the bills. I like power quite a bit. <laughs> it's rewarding to watch students learn. Uh, rewarding. You are... Sharon Norbury from Mean Girls. Is that who? Is that Tina? Tina Fey. Oh, yeah. Nice. I thought I would be Schuster from Glee, but I don't gosh. know who the other options are. Oh. Did people comment f- below? No. It's like it's new on the app, and it's all weird. It's like a I don't know what's going on here. Mm. Okay. I would teach literature. Would I ask? I would ask students for their food. I don't like lazy smart students. Um, my teaching motto is none of these things. Ugh, mm-hmm. I don't need a blackboard or a classroom to set an example. That's there true. you go. If I wasn't teaching, I would still be a teacher. That's a dumb question. My essential classroom item used to be chalk. I used to love having a chalkboard, but it's a book now. Um, I would ask a child what they think the answer is. My approach to discipline. Ugh. Really, I don't care. <laughs> like, if I'm being real honest. But generally, I'll talk it out. And why am I a teacher? Because I like watching students learn. And I'm John Keating from Dead Poet Society. That seems to fit just about right. Yeah, for sure. You've got that cult of personality that we all enjoy, Megan. It's true. I've got a That's quiz from true. you. Okay. Who said it? Billie Eilish or Sylvia Plath? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Too intoxicated to be scared, better off without them. Ooh. Um. I'm going to say Billie Eilish. That's correct. Okay. Number two. Eternity bores me. I never wanted it. Oh, I feel like if that's not Sylvia Plath, then I need to turn in my... Very good. It's from her poem, Years. Wait till the world is mine. Visions I vandalize. 
Um, what's the first half of that? Wait till the world is mine. Visions I found wise. Um, I'm going to say Billie Eilish. Yeah, that's got the cadence of the song in it. Yeah. Some of these aren't as tricky as you'd think. Pearly gates look like a picket fence. Um, pearly gates look like a picket fence. I'm gonna say I don't think I don't think it's Sylvia Blath. That sounds Correct. too. That sounds too optimistic somehow. For <laughs> <laughs> it's from Billy's song "All Good Girls Go to Hell." Oh, interesting. The world itself is a bad dream. That sounds very Sylvia Plath. That's correct. I mean, it, it's from I feel the bell like jar. Maybe the, I was gonna say. I think that's from the bell jar, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Even God herself has enemies. Um. Oh God herself. That's probably Billie Eilish. I don't think Sylvia Plath was quite that. Uh... Correct. That's still from All the Good Girls Go to Hell. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I might need to listen to this song. I know. <laughs> I desire the things that will destroy me in the end. Um. I desire the things that will destroy me in the end. Hmm. That's got to be Sylvia Plath. Correct. It's from her unabridged journals. Okay. The vivid tulips eat my oxygen. Um, the vivid tulips eat my oxygen. I think that's also Sylvia Plath. Correct. From the poem Tulips. I feel like some of these... Like, Billy's not going to say vivid. She's going to say bright. Right. And from the previous one, she's not going to say desire. She's going to say want. You know, like some of the vocabulary is a bit of a trick. Uh, I want to see the world when I stop breathing turning blue. Um, I think that's Billie Eilish because the syntax is real shitty on that. Correct, Megan. You got nine out of nine. You know you're sad queens through and through. <laughs> no, I don't know anything about Billie Eilish, really, but Sylvia Plath is easy enough. So, fun fact at trivia the other night, um, this is like we're starting to get to the point where we're doing this long enough that we're like repeating question packs now. Mm. Which it's been long enough that, like, whatever. So, like, this one that we did last week, we did for the first time, like, probably three years ago. So, whatever. Um, but the question was this, you know, American or this author or poet or whatever, uh, filled her pockets, uh, with stones and walked into the river. (laughs) And, uh, my friend Megan and I, we both started to laugh because the last time we had this question, um, Megan was like, well, it's not Sylvia Plath because she stuck her head in in the oven. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, and which is true. It's Virginia Woolf. Mm -hmm. um, I was going to say it's Virginia Woolf for sure. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. But it was just really funny because like we said that like out loud the last time. It's like, it's not Sylvia Plath because she stuck her head in the oven. And like people around us obviously didn't know that that was a thing that had happened. Um, 
And so every time that, like, Sylvia Plath gets mentioned in trivia, whether, like, it's a multiple choice question or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, we always have a good laugh about her sticking her head the other And then when the question came back again, we just looked at each other and just about died. Yep. Because you're like, here uh, it goes again. <laughs> the one we fact are. we know about Sylvia Plath. <laughs> and then, but then I said to her, then we looked at the multiple choice and I was like, that means that the question about, like, um, the andante like speed of music what it, what the translation is is also in this package because that we like that week we just about died laughing at like these three different things and so it was good is andante slowly it's like a walking pace yeah oh yeah uh are we almost done do you think oh we could be almost done whenever i don't have any questions because i forgot to ask for them so sorry. well i just want to tell you about um a show or to update you on a show i would love to hear it because last year at this time i found this show called dark on netflix this german show yeah and there was only season one then and season two came out friday and i finished season two (laughs) hence why the huntress is six percent red i was just gonna say i feel like had you not done that you might have finished your book yeah it is so, so good. I was tempted about halfway through season two to be like, okay, no, I need to, I need to do a literal inception mind map right now so that I know who is in what time and also who is who and what is their relationships to each other and how they all interconnect. Because this year they give you a lot of answers and then they just like, put a bomb in the center of it and you're like oh my god what is happening i don't know anything but it's so good especially if you like sci-fi and like things that have dark just joyless tones in them because mm-hmm. this is this is definitely joyless but it really takes the sci-fi genre and the time travel genre and just like kicks it in the pants so I recommend people watch Dark. Please message me about it because I have no fucking clue what they're going to do for season three. They're only doing one more season and then it's done. And I just I just can't even. It's that thing where it has these time travel paradoxes where in the show, spoiler, one woman gives birth who, to her daughter and in the future, her daughter gives birth to her and takes her back to the past. Oh. And it's just, <laughs> this is what we're working with on this show. Oh my god, that sounds like a lot. <laughs> it is, and there's no one else that's seen it. And it's driving me crazy, because I'm a dum-dum, so I don't, <laughs> I need someone to help me understand. But it's so, so good. And each episode just, like, continually surprises you. And not in, like, a lost way where you're like, I don't even know where to begin. It's just like, okay, I understand the base logic of this. But what I need help understanding is what are the implications? Like, what else is this going to create? And because it's in that, like, weird time travel sphere, you know how much I hate time, but I fucking love this show. Mm Mm-hmm. So, high recommend. It's a good, good one. Interesting. Suggestion. Watch it in the original German audio. Put on subtitles. Okay, not the dub. Subs, not dubs. That's my purest perspective. 
Yeah, I find that most foreign language stuff, that's what I would do, though. Because most of the time it's just, like, they make so many changes to make it English, and it, I found, I watched the first two episodes way back in season one with English dubs, and it just felt false. Yeah. So, yeah. German, German audio, English subtitles, if English is your first preferred language. Good to know. But that's it. Almost forgot. Um, I don't have anything else to talk about. Well, we're at an hour 27, so. Yeah, we should probably stop. We should probably stop. Because no one wants to listen to this anyway. No, and my doggy is still sleeping, snoozing away over there. Good job. Thank you. So we are going to um, record a thing tomorrow. Correct. Same time tomorrow? Uh, it may have to be a little bit later. Okay, cool. Um, we can sort that out once we get off, once we hit stop here. Um, but we're going to do a movie. And it's going to be great fun. It is. I'm very excited. Yeah, as well. Um, but yeah, I didn't ask for any questions today because by the time I remembered, it was like mm, eight o'clock this morning. I was like, yeah, fuck it. Uh, Megan, we so know how to fill time. We d- it's true. We filled an hour and 28 minutes without uh, a plan at all. It's just like teaching. Mm-hmm. Every day. 80 minutes of talking. <laughs> no plans. Um, none whatsoever. Um, yeah, so I don't have anything else. You don't have any else. There's no questions. I apologize. We'll get back to that some other time. Um, I don't know what our summer schedule looks like. Maybe we'll figure that out today, too. Um, Who knows? The (laughs) uh, the world is our mystery. It's true. Um, you can find our stuff on the internet. You can, on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. We should really try to get on Spotify. We probably should, but I'll look into that. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, and you can email us at garbagefirepodcast at gmail.com. We have a website, garbagefirepodcast.com. Uh, we have an Instagram, garbagefirepodcast. There, there is, is a, a Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> it's not very active anymore. It's not. It'll be more active once I remember that it's there. Um, and is there anything else? No. You can find me on Twitter at mig 14 um, you can rate and review us on yeah, iTunes. That would be that'd super. Be if you're still watching, watching? Oh my listening. god, listening. <sighs> it's never going to change, Megan. Nope. This is our level of capacity. That's yeah, true. We got nothing. Um, yeah, if you yeah, have a review, would be nice. Unless you're going to tell us that we suck, then we don't care. Why are you listening if we suck? Yeah. Like, we suck, but why are you why, listening? Why are you listening to the 89th episode of a show that you hate? Like, I don't understand. Yeah. Well, I did watch Lost for six seasons, so that I I was going to say but... I'm still watching The Walking Dead, so here we are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're not interested in our character development, though, so get a life. Don't have any, <laughs> we don't have any character development. Come on, now. That's true. Um, yeah, so that's all we have uh, for this week. And as always, thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you in the dumpster.